Are you a clinician in primary care who wishes there were better resources to help you understand how to navigate the concept of triage in modern general practice? We'll boost your triage skills with our dynamic five-session live webinar course tailored for primary care clinicians. Led by myself and Dr. Ed Pooley from Difficult Conversations, this comprehensive training covers all facets of remote patient triage, whether that be digital, on-call, or other opportunities. Through this course, you'll gain practical knowledge, exclusive hints and tips, and direct access to myself and Ed through open Q&A sessions of the course. Elevate your ability to manage primary care challenges effectively and confidently, and most importantly, safely. Register now to transform your triage approach at bit.ly slash GP triage course for GP in capitals. We will definitely catch you then. Hey, GP learners, and welcome as we join you from the UK Games Expo, where both me and Andy have been running around for the past couple of hours or so. Yeah, it's been, it's been really good fun. We've been uh, here for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Drove down in the, in the mini, and um, yeah, we've been sat there playing some games and have some fun. Yeah. So, have you found your first board game conference ex- kind of experience, Andy? Yeah, it's good. Well, I've been to a few war games um, conferences before, or you know, expos, I guess as we call them. So, mm-hmm. um, it's quite similar to that. Slightly different crowd, crowd, different demographics, a little bit, probably a little bit more mixed, a bit more diverse here mm-hmm. compared to those other experiences. Uh, but it's really good. Similarly, uh, so this is my first full experience of a board game conference like this. Been to a couple of similar types of events, but not yes. definitely not the UK Games Expo. Um, and yeah, it's been really interesting. I think the first thing we kind of noticed was obviously the COVID preparations, wasn't it? So, um, what did you think of how they're trying to keep everybody safe and stuff? And yeah, so they were prepared. So they sent. Yeah. I, I, I purchased the tickets. They sent an email a few days before just to make sure that I understood um, how to smoothly gain access to the event and what COVID measures were in place. So. To get access, we needed to prove that we were um, sort of COVID safe. So that that involved producing a um, COVID passport, COVID vaccination, mm-hmm. sort of proof of double vaccination. So I use the NHS app. I think you yeah. did the same. So I use the NHS app as well, except I downloaded the PDFs just in case uh, the Wi-Fi wasn't working. But yeah, it worked fine. They let us through. Um, so to cover me, I either had to be double vaccinated, as you said, or yep. have an LFD test that was registered or PCR test um, that was registered result, or if you had tested positive, I think it was in the past yeah. six months, then you had to prove that you tested positive and therefore don't need to test again. Yeah, they assumed that you had antibodies and it was roughly equivalent to, uh, to being vaccinated. So, so that was sort of the perimeter check. Yeah. We've got red bands. Yes, we've got red bands. Yes, red band. um, so that allows you to move freely within uh, the, uh, the NEC here in Birmingham, where mm-hmm. we are. Um, and um, and then obviously the second check you know, where we were inside was to make sure that we had tickets and um, yep. give us our lanyards and uh, give us entry to the event. There we are. Beautiful artwork on the uh, yeah on the, uh, the brochure mm-hmm. and the program. So yeah, that's really fun. So yeah, this is my first sort of big event post COVID. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's lots and lots of people around, lots and lots of stands. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you finding being out in the big wide world again, Gandhi? It's interesting. I think, I think there's still been points where we've been a little, should we kind of like, the queuing was interesting. That is a good point. Uh, so when we arrived, they had a bit of a tech failure um, with the registrations. So what normally would have been a very slick, I think, walkthrough ended up building up quite a large crowd. I'd say there was at least about two, 300 people queuing and people were just gradually condensing and condensing as we went along. Yeah. 
Um, well, although they, they did deploy the stormtroopers. Yes. And yeah. the uh, the Imperial naval officers to yeah. control the queue. So that was quite nice. Yes. I did get a question whether or not I had a Jedi beard and had to prove my authentication there for the Imperial Army. And stuff. Yeah, and I tried to um, to give up people next to us in the queue as um, as rebel spies, but they, they didn't believe me. No, so, but that was that was nice and fun. Well, I guess there's no social distancing anymore, yeah. so True. you know it's fine to be condensed. So we're we're not wearing masks at the moment again. No, but we have been wearing masks for the rest of our yes as for the rest see. of our stay. Uh, we're actually quite some distance from other people, although we both done. You can see. The number of people around. So this is this is one of the big walls yeah. uh, where there's lots of people playing games, and then yeah. there's activities in, in, the, in the other um, sort of large area next to us. Mm -hmm. uh, the masks. So, have people been wearing masks as far as you? I think generally they have. Um, I think in the play areas like this, there's a bit less of it because people are sat down. But most of the time, we've been walking through, particularly the um, demonstrated the exhibitor area. Yeah, majority of people seem to be wearing masks and stuff, and seems to be sensitive managed uh, we sat and played a game and first thing that the, the kind of host did was gave us a big bottle of alcohol gel to you know switch up with um i think obviously there's sensible reasons transfer and that kind of thing yeah yeah there's also potential uh, transfer of objects i guess is the yes. dice and cards and things like that so um you know, seem to be been putting it really well um it's really well attended isn't it um, yes it seems like they're having a successful time of mm -hmm. things obviously it's the first time we've been so i'm not quite sure how many people they normally I suspect it's normally a much larger event. I know they did say that they were limiting the number of people that attend um, and whether the change in rules has impacted the number of people attending. I, I don't know. I know we had some colleagues in the uh, board game medics group that were contemplating coming but kind of changed their minds because partway through the expo did change their rules about how they're going to do things. But then I think when the rules got changed again by Boris and everybody else, then they made it a lot more sensible for... Um, social distancing and, and you know that the vaccinations will be required, masks should be worn, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think well run. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I we weren't asked to scan it with the NHS track and trace app at any point, although they have been QR codes, so I've seen a few. Oh, uh, okay, okay, we've not, we've not been particularly encouraged to to do that. So, yeah. I thought I, I didn't spot them scanning, to be yeah. Honest. I don't think we've been directed to do it, but they are there to look around at, at various places and stuff. But. I mean, there's bound to be some COVID-positive activity associated with the venue. So, yeah. I mean, it's almost a guaranteed thing. Mm, maybe. Scanning it. So, maybe, maybe. Yeah, look, out, look out workplace on uh, Monday morning. Maybe I'm on holiday next week, so. I've got so a week so. to go, so hopefully no pinging in the meantime. But, uh, I mean, obviously we're here to look at the board games and yeah. stuff. Andy, I've kind of been giving you a weird kind of commentary tour for most of the event, haven't I? Yeah, so can be knows an awful lot about board games, as, as you're probably aware, and the industry, and uh, Gandhi introduced me to one of the people uh, who runs one of the, uh, the main exhibitors here, um, yep. that Gandhi had some contact with before, and that, that guy has an interesting backstory yeah. you're telling me, oh, so, tell, tell us, I find it really interesting. Okay, so, so this is relevant, I think, potentially to GPs as well, because it's about diversifying your portfolio and stuff, but um, massive shout out to Alley Cat Games, um, being a massive fan of theirs. And the work they've been doing, and their owner Cesar, who used to work as a researcher in our cameras in biochemistry or something similar like that, and then realized he wanted to invest in his passion, which was board games. And he's now created a company with his partner, um, Alicat Games, which is personally one, one of my favorite board game publishers. I think I've got half of their catalog. Um, and me and Andy have played yeah. a couple of their versions today, so yeah, yeah. And yeah we played a, something that was in development, like a, a Starfighter game. Mm -hmm. um, that was really good. So, yeah. 
and they're the producers of my favourite board game, which is uh, Dice Hospital, uh, which I know some of you has heard me talk about on and off over the past. And, and it's still in the background of an episode that we need to do about board games in medicine, which is probably going to happen after our, hopefully, enthusiasm of this event, yeah. I think. So, so Gandhi, I was going to ask you, so do sure. you think there are any transferable uh, skills or principles or anything that medics can learn from? board games at all? Um, I'd say absolutely. Um, I think board games offer a variety of different skills in terms of decision planning, um, uh, you know, trying to figure out logic patterns, and also the social aspects of playing them in terms of how you communicate with others. Um, I know you thought about other things in terms of uh, behavior management and, and what was it you yeah. said? But I really like, uh, so I think there's, there's obviously the problem solving elements here, yeah. but then I think there are always multiple layers that you uh, on which you can play a board game. You know, there's mm -hmm. quite a superficial level, and then there are layers sort of beneath that in terms of the tactics, strategy, and also playing the people mm -hmm. um, around as well, particularly in bluffing games. Um, and that reminds me a little bit of the general practice consultation in a way, because I think there are multiple layers to that. You know, often in play, yeah. and sometimes it's about you know playing, you know, playing the person, understanding their their agenda, their hidden agendas. Um, and making sure that you uh, you play a good game in that 10-minute consultation. So, um, yeah, it's a lot to sort of practice, um, I think. So, yeah, I think it's it's a good thing for medics to uh, to get into. Absolutely. Uh, for anyone. Uh, and I'm a big fan of using games as well to teach things. So many of my trainees and, and a few of the trainers I work with as well know that I love using board games in particular to help teach particular aspects we we came up with a really interesting um, interview method a while back about using board games and explaining board games as a skill that may help to understand how somebody can do a particular aspects of working so you know with the trainees i i use it as can you simulate a new board game and explain it to somebody within a short time frame akin to how you sometimes get letters where you're having to then explain them or conditions that you have to explain to patients you know, sometimes you may not be aware of everything about it because it's a really complex or unique condition and you're having to process that. So it's kind of the same as teaching somebody to start playing a board game. So maybe that's something to give a try. Or all your GP trainers out there with your trainees. It's something I've done. I've actually got a video on that. Yeah. So I might publish that one, to be honest. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's good for sort of generating quite a novel yeah. um, situation and seeing how people uh, respond to that kind of novel uh, sort of... Uh, problem or puzzle that's been generated mm. for them. So, so again, we've been here for a little while. Have you any particular highlights of the show? Anything that you've seen that you like to look at that you might go back and buy? Uh, so I definitely enjoyed the Marvel Splendor, although having said that, I've already got Splendor, the board game, already. So I think I'm not going to buy that. However, I have seen a couple of others. I did like the Starfighter game we played. Um, so potentially looking at um, a couple of purchases down that route. What about yourself, Andy? Yeah, I like the Starfighter game. It's basically to start attack game, which I used to play um, a few years ago. And uh, that's just in the Kickstarter phase. So I'll probably look out for that Kickstarter and maybe pick up an early copy. Cool. So, EGBers, we hope you've enjoyed this kind of session of us talking about our experience at the UK Board Game Expo. Um, this is our first time, and I think we'll probably be coming back next year, uh, most likely. Um, hopefully, we'll get to see some of you there at the conference next year around. Um, I definitely know some of our Fellow colleagues in the board game medics group may potentially be hopefully coming, and there are lots of other board game conferences throughout the year. We may actually end up doing one, uh, I, I think. So I know yeah. we've talked about that in the past and stuff, so you never know. You might be joining us for one of those in the future. 
If not, you're welcome to join both me and Andy at the RCGP conference, which is our next one, yep. um, which will be in the middle of October. And we're presenting about how to do this, basically, yep. how to use yeah, creative yeah. So creative content, podcasting, video, logs, all that kind of stuff. We're talking about that as part of, again, portfolio careers for GPs. Um, so you're definitely welcome to join us. That's in Liverpool. I think it's the 14th and 15th of October. Yeah, 14th, 15th, 16th of October, something like that. So definitely come and join us there. And, and give us a, some feedback on the on, on how this live broadcast has gone. Because it's yes. the first time we've um, gone sort of live in the field. Still Outside team. of our studio environments and stuff, yeah. First so. time we've been together True. That's a good um, point. This is the first episode we've actually done since COVID came in person. So hopefully you guys have found this really interesting and, and different kind of um, contact. And, and yeah, you can see how this goes, yeah. isn't yeah. it? So join us next Saturday for business as usual. Absolutely. We'll catch you then. And as always, if you want to uh, follow our content, feel free to do so. As we take enhance your primary current learning. We'll catch you in the next episode. Oh, hello there, EGP Learner. I'm Dr. Gandalf and I often get asked, what kind of resources do you have to try and help those using EMIS? Because you tend to do a lot more stuff for System 1. And often I've really struggled to answer that question because let's be honest, I don't use EMIS on a regular basis. So therefore trying to help EMIS users is a little bit more difficult for myself. And that really made me feel, well, not great. So I kind of did something to try and help all those EMIS users out there. I went and had a chat with one of my colleagues, Dr. Mike from GP on the Move, and him and I have created a course that you can use to help you use EMIS so much better. That's right, if you use EMIS, but you wanna use it so much better, so much quicker, and in such a way that means you go home sooner, then check out our EMIS for Clinicians course. It's an online course that takes you through all the tips and tricks that Dr. Mike knows to try and basically mean you can go home quicker. That'd be a cool thing, wouldn't it? And guess what? It's currently on offer. So if you want to take advantage of this introductory offer and get access to it now, look at the links down below and check it out. Additionally, if you're a practice, network or wide area that wants more opportunity to use it, send me an email, egplearning at gmail.com. Let's see if we can help you out. And as I like to say, to tech enhance your primary care and learning. Shall we get back to it? Oh, and if you wanted one for System 1 users, well, you know I've got you covered, haven't I? Check out the Learn System 1 for Clinicians course, bit.ly slash tpp s1 course.